Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. My name is Dwayne Spearman, and thank you for listening to Directional Ministries today. I am going to speak a little bit about the Acts transition. Um, And when I say that, I'm talking about how that there is a transition between the four Gospels and the Book of Romans. Something happened. I wrote this up on my blog several weeks ago, but I thought I would share an audio version of it since some of you would prefer to listen, and nothing wrong with that. I like talking. So the Acts Transition, Part 1. After years of teaching ministry, I've come to believe that we are simply interpreting the book of Acts incorrectly. And I'm not alone in that, that assumption. Many before me have come to this conclusion as well. So I'm not out on a limb here. Uh, those who embrace this view are often called mid-acts or disparagingly hyper-dispensationalist. Now, these terms, as I said, are often used as terms of derision. However, make no mistake about it. They are dispensationalists who have simply concluded, after comparing Scripture with Scripture, that many of the things that we have been taught in regards to progressive dispensationalism are simply incorrect, and current assumptions need to be questioned. Why? We are taking the things that belong to the nation of Israel and misapplying them to the Gentile church. Now, in my opinion, This is just soft replacement theology. Now, most dispensationalists will come out and say very quickly, um, no, we don't embrace replacement theology, but then they will turn around and they will take promises that was given to the nation of Israel and apply them to themselves. And the result has led to constant attempts to overcome seemingly glaring contradictions that exists between the message of the twelve who were sent to the nation of Israel and the message of Paul who was sent to the Gentiles. This need not be. The contradictions disappear once the preset filter is removed. And I believe all of us go to the Bible with a filter. Now, if your filter is a covenant filter, you're going to read covenant theology into the passages. If your filter is a dispensational uh, theology, then you are going to read dispensationalism into the scriptures. Um, I believe as progressive dispensationalists, uh, that is those who believe that the church was born in Acts chapter number 2 and that all of the epistles of Peter, James, and John was written to the church. When they go to the Bible, they see that in the scriptures. But when that filter is removed, remember, rule number one, if you haven't listened to my rules for biblical interpretation, rule number one is that the Bible must be rightly divided in order for it to make sense and never contradict. If it doesn't make sense and For example, Peter is contradicting Paul, or Paul is contradicting Peter, or Paul is contradicting James and James Paul. Something's wrong. It's not being rightly divided. 
First, it must be understood that God's initial plan, and understand this, was to reach the Gentiles through the nation of Israel, not the church. His plan was initially to reach the Gentiles through the nation of Israel after their restoration, which prophetically should have, should have happened at the first advent. In Isaiah 42, 1, it says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He also said in Isaiah 49, 6, And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth. Do you see it? God wanted to use Israel to reach the Gentiles. In Isaiah 60, verse number 1, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, the gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, the kings to the brightness of thy rising. And I could go on and on. Zechariah chapter 8, verse number 23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages, uh, shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. And again, there's many more verses that show this. But in the end, the nation of Israel rejected their Messiah and his kingdom offer. And the result was the postponement of the kingdom and the mystery of the church being revealed to the Apostle Paul. And Paul talks about this over and over and over again. In Romans eleven twenty five. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Paul said in Romans 16, 25, Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel. Separating it, therefore, from the gospel of the apostles, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. In other words, it was revealed only to Paul. It was not revealed to Peter. It was not revealed to, to, to John. It wasn't revealed to James. It was revealed only to Paul. In 1 Corinthians 2.7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. He's referring to the rapture. So no, the rapture is not found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. It was revealed to Paul, not the apostles. And the twelve apostles in Ephesians 3, 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Only to Paul was the mystery of the church revealed. 
in Ephesians 3, 4, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ. In Ephesians 3, 9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God. In other words, it's not seen until it was given to Paul. In Ephesians 5.32, this is the great mystery that I speak concerning Christ and his church. And if I may add a sad side note here, a lot of people say the church is the bride of Christ. Why do they say that? Because Paul compared the relationship of the church to a, a bride. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that the church is the bride of Christ. Israel, the New Jerusalem, is the bride of Christ. Read the book of Revelation. In Ephesians 6:19, and for me the that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery. And it's all through the New Testament. My blog shows several more scriptures. Therefore, the book of Acts must be viewed as a transition that is taking place between Peter to Paul, the gospel of the kingdom to the gospel of grace, from Jerusalem to Antioch. The first examples that I offer are from the book itself. Compare the first part of the book in regards to Peter and his ministry to the last part of the book in regards to Paul and his ministry. In Acts 2.37, we see that after Peter finished his first sermon to the Jewish people, Pentecost, about how they had killed their Messiah, it says that the people were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter's response was simply repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Would you and I tell somebody that today, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins? No. That's where we get the doctrine of baptismal regeneration. It's work salvation. We would never tell somebody that today in the church. That they need to repent and to be baptized to be saved? No. Only those who have incorrectly interpreted the scriptures in this regard would teach the necessity of baptism to be saved. Later in the book, Paul was asked almost the exact same question by the Philippian jailer in Acts 16.30 when he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul's response was simply, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. My friends, that answer is totally different than the one that Peter gave. There is no way around it. Peter's required the work of repentance and baptism while Paul's did not. Something happened. A transition was taking place between Peter and Paul. Also compare Acts 2.45 with Acts 11.29. In the first part of the book, we see the Jerusalem church selling everything that they had and parting them to all men as every man had need. Why did they do this? They were expecting the Lord to return and establish his kingdom. They didn't think they needed it. They saw the second coming and the establishment of the kingdom as imminent. Also, the Lord had previously told them in Matthew 19, 21, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell 
all that thou hast and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. They wanted to be obedient. We don't tell or expect people to do this today. Now, I know some charlatans that attempt it from time to time. But by the time we reach the 11th chapter of the book, the church at Antioch was having to make collections to send relief to the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Why? The church in Jerusalem was expecting something that did not happen. Why? They had nationally rejected their Messiah and his kingdom offer. Also compare Acts 12.11 with Acts 26.32, where Peter was supernaturally freed from prison by angels, and yet Paul was in prison and headed for an appeal to Caesar. And ultimately, he would lose his head. In summation, something was happening. A transition was taking place. Peter was losing prominence and Paul was being raised. The gospel of the kingdom, repent and be baptized, was being replaced with the gospel of grace, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose of this study is to follow that transition. You may not agree with everything that is presented, and that's okay. You can write your own blog if you want. Just be open to questioning previous assumptions, and we might, might just learn something together. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember that God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.